0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Joining me now, TSN Edge betting analyst Dominic Padula. And Dominic, um, do you want to start the show by doing a little bragging? Uh,
1: no need to brag, but uh, yeah, he- heck of a heck of a weekend, and. Uh... You know, from a player prop perspective, I actually thought that uh, I didn't really have too much to brag about. But I'm happy that the the Bengals and Eagles are in their respective conference championship games, and hopefully after next weekend, I'll I'll be able to tee up uh, a 45 to one exact Super Bowl outcome bet.
0: Well, for people who don't know, Dominic and you can read his work at tsn.ca slash edge. Uh, entering week 17 of the regular season, you predicted the Bengals will beat the Eagles at the Super Bowl. The Eagles side of it, I can understand more. Um, but when you looked at Cincinnati, during the off season, they were as low as 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Um, and the first half month or the first part of September, that number went as down as low as thirty five to one. Now they haven't lost a game since Halloween. But was there a certain game, a moment when you realized the Bengals are the best value play out there?
1: Uh, yeah, well, it was probably around the time that I bet them that I really started to buy in. Um, they they started to talk about you know having a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, not getting much respect. Um, the the big moment for me, they they were coming off the win over Tennessee week 12. They go on to beat the Chiefs in week 13, and I'm staring at them because I'm looking at the number for Cincinnati. We do these weekly write-ups. We're talking about Super Bowl futures, and Cincinnati's number just kept coming down and down and down. And by the time that I had realized, like, oh, my goodness, I I think at this point Cincinnati is a good bet to at least reach the Super Bowl. A lot of the value had already disappeared, so I wish I had jumped on them earlier. But, by the time we got to Week 17, uh, they're coming off the win over the Patriots. I liked them in that initial game going into Week 17 against the Bills. Uh, I thought that they were trending in the the right direction, and that's when this, the exact Super Bowl outcomes uh, market started to pop up. Um, I, had liked, I, I had initially actually gone back and forth with San Francisco and Philadelphia and the NFC, and, and the switch at quarterback in particular – uh, made me sort of lean towards the Eagles instead of the 49ers. So that's how I got on the Eagles. And then Cincinnati, I really thought um, they had the value based on the fact that the Chiefs were the Super Bowl favorite. The Bills were the second choice. Bengals had a better number than both of them. And I thought, you know, 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes in his career, they beat them three straight meetings. And then the Bills had just been through so much this season. All of the injuries on both sides of the football. Remember, this was prior to the incident uh, when the Bengals and Bills played in Week 17. So even prior to that, just you know, relocating games, the blizzard, the injuries, Josh Allen hadn't been the same since the elbow injury. Everything was trending in the direction of leaning Bengals. So I put the two together at a decent price and... And uh, now I'm hoping that uh, it can play out in my favor.
0: But one more weekend to go. Yeah, Yeah, it is one more weekend. And speaking of next weekend, we'll sort of bounce back and forth between looking ahead and looking back of what we saw from this past weekend. Um, The Chiefs opened as a three-point favorite. That immediately has gone down to a point and a half. When you look at that line, um, is the story of that stat where the Kansas City's only favored by a point half at home. How much of that is because of a high ankle sprain injury in Mahomes? And how much of that is just how dominant Cincinnati was on the road in snowy Buffalo?
1: Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think obviously the Mahomes injury is going to be, a, be a, a big talking point throughout the week. And, and the fact that it's a high ankle sprain, um, the, the the fact that he was so limited in the second half uh, against the Jaguars and then carrying over the importance of his ability not just to to run as a, as a quarterback, but just we were talking. It was funny. During the first half of the game against the Jags, we talked about the way he moves on the football field, almost like he knows the spot he has to get through to just buy enough time to make the pass that he wants to make, and he couldn't do that after the injury. So I think that's one part of it. And then the other part is Bengals being a little bit underestimated, um, but dominant against KC, something that you can't ignore. I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw Bengals, plus three pop up. The funny little story, like we were getting the graphic ready. Uh TSN Edge team was all together and we wanted to post something um, on our social media account and just the early line and our graphics guy couldn't keep up with it. He had the three and then he had a two and a half and then <laughs> he had a one and a half and he was like, guys, like I don't know what to do. I just told him, just bet the Bengals. Um, but I, I, I really like the Bengals at plus three and obviously it's not there now, but still plus one and a half at FanDuel and and I, I think the Bengals are going to win this game, so I, I still think the Bengals are the right side there.
0: Was that the most shocking thing from the weekend? Not that Cincinnati won. Almost I, everyone I knew was like saying, "Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati plus the points," but just the thorough dominance that uh, that they uh, exerted, especially with a banged up offensive line. Uh, what I saw on Sunday looked like it looked like a team that had the best line in football.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and. Uh, Joe Burrow hardly pressured. I think he was sacked once. You saw that the rhythm that they got it in—that was a big thing for me—is just they changed this offense mid-season. A lot more shotgun passing, getting the ball out. Obviously, they're loaded out wide receiver bills. Really, didn't do a, a very good job of getting to them. And part of that, I think, was the conditions. Obviously, hard to get your footing in the snow. And um, that ball's coming out so quickly. By the time guys were actually getting to them, the ball was already gone. Um, but I think that when I was looking at that game. For me, the biggest thing was just, and it's something that's sort of been a theme all year, it's just how coaches adjust to certain scenarios. And I thought the Bills' defense in particular, they stayed in zone way, way too much in that game and Joe Burrow's ability to pick them apart. I don't think um, that that was the right decision. I thought when they when they played a little bit more man, um, they were able to slow them down a little bit, make a couple of plays. Um, but that's something that going into this, this uh, this next game. It's in Kansas City. I don't know what the conditions are going to be like, but we know it's going to be cold, and I think that something carrying over to this game, Cincinnati has played very well as an underdog. They played very well in these conditions, but the further that line moved, the more convinced I was that I wanted to take the points with the Bengals. Um, but you know what? I, I have to admit in hindsight, I was kicking myself because I, I, I let myself um, be convinced that maybe maybe – the Bills had a really good chance to win the game. Um, and I wish I put a little bit more on Bengals' money line,
0: to be honest. I don't get greedy. You got Bengals and Eagles yeah. in the Super Bowl. You're not in a bad place. Uh, but yes, yeah. I think a lot of us are feeling especially after the first two drives. Like, oh, oh Cincinnati's winning outright, and this is actually a pretty easy bet. Um, speaking of easy, the Eagles-Giants game, uh, this game was over by the end of the first quarter. Really, um, going back and looking at Eagles-Giants, my uh, my biggest takeaway is Eagles' offensive and defensive line are just both stunningly overwhelming, and the Minnesota Vikings are even worse than we thought. In fact, I thought Minnesota was the real loser uh, on Saturday night. But when you now look at this Eagles team, where at the very least Jalen Hurts was able to throw and complete some deep balls to uh, Devonta Smith, when you look at Eagles and 49ers, I, uh, I'm kind of all over uh, Eagles, and I'll take the, that point and a half. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I'm feeling really good at, uh, about Philly, uh, but what are you yeah. seeing early on?
1: No, same boat as you. I think the biggest thing for me is these are probably, at this point, in in terms of the the overall roster, offense and defense, two two of the the most stacked teams in the league, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, what they do, I'm not taking anything away from the Chiefs and the Bengals, but in terms of roster talent, both these teams are absolutely loaded, the Eagles and the 49ers. The big difference for me is going to be the quarterback position, and Jalen Hurts hasn't showed any uh, ill effects from the shoulder injury that he suffered. He's able to run the ball and obviously buy time with his legs to throw the ball. That's something that we didn't really see from Brock Purdy. He, he had one run um, and a couple of uh, play-action passes that he was able to scramble and find the open guy that, that passed to George Kittle in particular. But I just feel a lot more comfortable with Jalen Hurts at quarterback than Brock Purdy. Both both uh, defenses are going to bring pressure. Both defenses are going to, I think, do a good job of covering. But I think the biggest difference is going to be the time that Hurts is able to buy with his legs to wait for guys to get open. The depth that wide receiver with uh, Devontae Smith, who obviously had a really good game against the Giants, and then that pressure. Um, the first half of the game against the Cowboys, the 49ers, they really weren't able to run the football. I think they averaged like two yards per carry. Oh yeah. If that happens against the Eagles, that's going to be a big, big problem.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I wonder about is, and and I'm going to give Purdy credit for this. He did not take, um, you know, he didn't uh, have a fumble or an interception in the playoffs. Doesn't have many mm-hmm. turnovers in his eight starts. And, and and you know though I'm, I'm just going to give him credit for this. I was about to say, well, yeah. let's see what he does against Philly. But Dallas has a really good defense. Dallas is an aggressive one. Dallas is a team that creates lots of turnovers. And look who didn't. And that was uh, Purdy against a damn good Cowboys defense.
1: And cause cause the flip side of that, and it's something that I think is worth consideration. You're absolutely right. He didn't have a single turnover. But guess what? Mm. We don't know how he's going to react if he has one. And I think yeah. that's the big thing is he hasn't had that sort of moment where it's like a crushing mistake where he has to go back and then go back and lead the offense. What happens in that situation when all of a sudden you're not invincible? I think that could happen this week.
0: Yeah, and the question I really wonder about is, can... And I mean, it was fairly balanced. It was 29 pass attempts versus 32 runs, but for the 49ers, so much of their offense is based on we're going to hide our quarterback. But yes. I do wonder, Does he have? does he have five... Four or five third and nine completions in him.
1: Yes, absolutely. No, it's it's a great point. If Christian McCaffrey is going to average three point five yards per carry. And and Debo Samuel is not going to give you much as a rusher. And Elijah Mitchell, he he actually finished the game really strong. I thought anybody who bet is over was laughing with the way that that game ended. But I don't know that you could count on them against a a good Eagles front or secondary scout. They're going to be able to get pressure. I I don't know. When that that run game isn't there, I'll give, you know, you're right. Cowboys defense was excellent all, all year. But I think the Philly defense, especially with the pressure that they're able to bring consistently up front, I think they're on another level and their and their coverage guy i think it's going to be a, a heck of a test for Brock Purdy if he pulls it off that i will admit i was wrong but uh but I, i'm i'm with you i'm all on the eagles this week
0: yeah no i'm on the eagles as well and also the eagles offensive line they yes. were able to do the like the, the strength of the giants was Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams and Kayvon Thibodeau. those guys had one sack and just four pressures as the eagles put up 268 yards on the ground and you know, so I think the Eagles. I don't. The Eagles offensive line is not going to have as much success against uh, San Fran because San Fran is more talented. But I think the Eagles' offensive and defensive line, and the defensive line where they just keep rotating lineman after lineman, every one of them can get you a sack and a half. I just think the I think the Eagles are the only team in football that you can say can match up on the offensive and defensive line with the 49ers. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And. Don't don't remind me about that Eagles running game because Kenneth Gainwell runs for a touchdown, Jalen Hurts runs for a touchdown, Boston Scott runs for a touchdown. I had Miles Sanders cause. Oh. I had Miles Sanders, and he's, I did so. The only one who couldn't put punch
0: it in. <laughs> you know the rules. Never bet against Boston Scott when he's facing <laughs> when he's facing the Giants defense. Oh my god! And the worst part there is who had the most carries. It was Miles Sanders with 17. Who yeah, did not get yeah. a touchdown? was me my
1: touchdown.
0: Uh, well, you know, you're still doing well. Hey, congrats again. Uh, you'll be, it'll be an interesting week for you. Everyone out there, go to tsn.ca slash edge. Check out all the work being done by Dominic Padula and everyone else on that staff as they get you set for the AFC-NFC Championship game and so much more. Thank you for joining the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Have
0: a great one. Absolutely. You as well. That is Dominic Padula, Senior Betting Analyst with TSN.ca.